0: And we're excited you're here, and we hope that you enjoyed the service and that um, maybe w- this could be a home for you, because we'd love to have you here to be a part of our family and to help you and to encourage you and invite, invite you and encourage you and challenge you to move closer um, to your faith. But before we start our service, would you please do a, minute, a word of prayer? Father, we thank you so much for uh, who you are. And that you are worthy of our uh, praise. And Father, I ask that you would uh, speak through me this morning. And that your spirit would encourage us to bear fruit. And Father, that you would uh, produce fruit in uh, in our lives. So that others might see you living inside us and through us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. We're um, starting a new series called... Serving and Bearing Fruit. And the reason that we've chosen this uh, topic is that um, we want to, as Marco said, this is Volunteers Month. And as a believer, one of the truest signs or indicators that we are a disciple of Jesus Christ is if we bear fruit. You know, it's not our actions. It's not like, okay, I go to church X amount of times. I, I, I give X amount of money to the church. Or it's not our actions; it's our fruit. And so, one of the reasons we do serve is to bear fruit. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to highlight a person that we see um, have, who has been serving and bearing fruit in their life as a result of their service. And today. Uh, We'd like to, um, or I'd like us to get to know James Ogata. So James, would you, wherever you are, James, could you come forward? (laughs) Okay, James, I know that uh, I'm just going to ask you a few questions, but you know how long have you been attending Mission Valley and what brought you here? It started seven to it's
1: so Andrew it's his son and he invited me to function I actually prior to that I attended
0: came a member of the Church of the Open Doors and me. right and it just shows the importance of inviting people and just that one invitation started a lifetime of following Jesus Christ. But one thing James is uh, you're in, you're involved. I mean you're you're involved in the usher ministry, the welcoming desk The AV Ministries here. So what prompted you to volunteer in all these ministries? Uh, Mako started me off. uh, You can blame him. He asked
1: me to um, be a part of the welcoming uh, committee. (laughs) Mako.
0: So it's Mako. Once again, you were invited by Mako, okay, our big recruiter here. So um, thank you, Mako, for getting uh, James involved. But, you know, part of uh, when we volunteer or we engage in ministry, it's, you know, yes, it is to help church, but, you know, we're blessed by this and volunteering helps us move closer to Christ. And so one of the reasons I'm, you know, going to ask you this question is because I've seen you move closer to Christ as a result of uh, your service but how has volunteering in these ministries blessed you and moved you closer to christ
1: he's blessed me um meeting more and more people um which is helping me grow in my faith
0: oh no it's how has it moved you to be closer to christ by volunteering by me serving others it helps me to have
1: a sense of accomplishment and i i like that um to help others and serve others kind of I, by helping others, it also helps me. Um, by giving, giving to others and, and helping others.
0: And so, basically, that's you know that's so true. Is you know a lot of times when we think we're serving, we're serving other people. But a lot of times when we serve, we receive a uh, blessing ourselves. So thank you so much for sharing with us. I appreciate it. And let's give James a big hand. <laughs> but since this is. Um, Uh, volunteer um, a month, what we have is, um, if you see here on the uh, left here, we have what I have called the tree of life, okay? And on this table, you'll notice that there's an apple and there's a leaf. And what we want to do is we want to use these as symbols to recognize and appreciate those of you who've served. So, um, if you have a leaf, what we would like each one of you after church just to write your name on the leaf. And I wrote James Ogada's name on this leaf. And then you would place it in the basket. And then um, what we're going to do is we're going to put it up on the tree here. And then sometime during the next month, the, uh, the leaf says, Leave Encouragement. And so you, you would um, you know, take James's uh, leaf off the tree, and on the back you would write, A word of encouragement where I said, you know, James, I have been blessed by your willingness to invite other people to church. And that's why I've seen, um, you know, James. And it's been just a blessing for me seeing him getting involved in ministry and inviting people to uh, church. But also you'll see an apple here. Now the apple is um, what we have here is recognizing people for the fruit that you've seen in their ministry. And so I would write James Ogata's name in this, and it says, the fruit I've seen um, from the welcoming desk ministry, because uh, James is in that ministry, it says, I have heard from newcomers how the welcoming desk has made them feel welcome and made them feel special. And then what I would do is I would um, put this also um, in the box, and then we would Uh, Pin that up. So once again, um, the apple is for fruit that you've seen in that person's ministry. Uh, The leaf is um, just writing a word of encouragement. So with the leaf, once again, after uh, service, could you each come and write your name, just your name. You're not writing encouragement. Write your name on a leaf, and then we're going to put it in the basket and if you want to write, um, if you've seen a fruit in a person's, uh, that's been born out of a person's ministry, you would write their name, and then you would write the fruit that you would see, and then you would place that in the basket. But you could do this anytime. It uh, doesn't have to be today. So once again, this is a way for us to recognize those who um, we see you know, being a blessing as a servant and to acknowledge the fruit that we see out of your life. And so with that, we're going to start with, um, well, why is it so important to serve in the first place? Well, in Mark 10, 45, the author writes, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Here we sing that Jesus Christ came to this earth, God himself, who is worthy of our worship, He did not come here to be served. He came to serve. And so we take our lead from Jesus Christ. So if he came to serve, we should also have the mentality that we are here to serve. We are not here to be served. And I know a lot of us feel like, oh, you know, I've done so much. It's my time to be served. But once again, there's so much blessing and being a servant. And I, I know, you know, in, in the next life when we stand before Jesus, we are going to be rewarded for serving. And so once again, Jesus did not come to be served. Now if there's anybody who should be served, it's Jesus. But he did not come to be served. He came to serve. And so since our identity is in Christ, we want to become more like Christ. We need to also follow his example of being a servant. But I also want to um, talk about um, a parable that Jesus talked about. Because one of the things that are a a theme is serving God and bearing fruit. And I'm going to talk about the parable of the soils. Because Jesus talks about um, certain individuals who have chosen maybe up in their head to follow him. But these are the signs of a true disciple. A true disciple is one who bears fruit, and he uses a parable to say this. And so it starts with Matthew 13, to 8. So if you have your Bibles, can you please turn to that, Matthew 13, to 8. And I'm going to start right now. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, and a parable is just a story that represents a point, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Now back then in the region Jesus was talking, there were a lot of fields where they had crops. And what they did is they had these paths that um, people used to go from crop to crop. And they were narrow paths. And um, also travelers, rather than going all around a uh, crop, which could be fairly large, they used these paths to walk along. And so in the uh, t- time when it was really hot, these paths became as hard as concrete. Okay? And so what he was saying is that as a farmer scattered his seed in his um, crop area, you know, some of them fell along these paths. But he goes on to say "Um, some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Now when he's saying rocky soil, he's not talking about soil that has a lot of rocks on top. What he's saying here is that there's this soil that has topsoil, a thin layer of topsoil, but under that you might have, you know, sandstone or you might have a strata of a lot of, you know, stones and rocks. And so the roots can only penetrate so far before hitting these rocks and they can't go any deeper. And so what he's saying is that because it was, you know, good topsoil these plants sprung up, but since they weren't really able to get down to the rich soil when the sun came up, they were withered and this plant died. And he said, the other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Now here, the soil looked good. It was good soil. So the farmer planted the seeds, and the seeds grew up. But also what grew up with these seeds were tough plants with thorns that grew up and choked the plant by preventing it from getting sunlight and preventing it from growing because it couldn't get through the thorns. Okay, the plant would only get up to the thorns and then it would stop because it couldn't get through these thorns. And eventually, because of this, this plant was choked. And finally, he said, still other plants fell on good soil where it produced a crop of 160 or 30 times what was sown. So this was a bumper crop. And so when you take a look at this, the first three soils or the example he gave of the first three soils all the plants died there was only one soil in which the seed survived and in Matthew 13:9 he says whoever has ears let them hear and basically what Jesus is saying is guys this is very important okay this is important if you want to know this parable you got to listen listen and so this is a way of him getting His hearers' attention, and I hope this would also get your attention. Because now he says in verse 18, he said, Listen to what the parable of the sower means. He said, Okay, guys, listen up. I told you a story, but I told you a story in a parable. Now it's important for you to know what this means. And he says, when anyone who hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. And what Jesus is saying here, there are they're going to have people where the hearts are like that hard soil, where the gospel message is like the that seed that's been thrown out to them, but the hearts are so hard that they the seed will not penetrate their heart and the birds who uh, are represent you know Satan or the evil one will come and just pick that seed up so that seed never has the opportunity to even grow okay and so that's the first person or so that he's talking about those whose hearts are so hard that they won't receive the message gospel message or the good news that Jesus has and the next one he says The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to somebody who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, it only lasts for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word... They quickly fall away. Now, these are the people who hear the gospel message, and they just really, really excited about it. They really are excited about, okay, Jesus, there's a God that loves me. There's a God that forgives my sin. There's a God that has a plan for me. There's a God who says, I promise if you have faith in me that you'll go to heaven. And so they are so excited. They go to church. They hear the worship music, and they're excited about their faith. But what happens, what happens since their soil isn't very deep? As soon as persecution comes. Now this isn't just, we're not talking about everyday trouble. You know, because all of us experience everyday trouble. But, he said, when persecution comes, these Christians just walk away. They say, I can't handle it. The sun is these, represents these trials, and you know, it's withering me, I can't handle it. I thought Christianity was just about experiencing God's mercy, experiencing God's love, experiencing God's forgiveness, and going to heaven. That's what I thought my faith was. And yes, that's true, that is a part of our faith. But perseverance through trials is also a part of our faith. And so when we get to the point where it gets too difficult, where we say, I don't want to make those sacrifices anymore, you wither and die. And, you know, we know through Scripture that the truly saved will persevere to the end. The truly saved will persevere to the end. And this is what Jesus is trying to explain to us here. And then he said, The seeds falling among the thorns refer to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Once again, here the seed landed on good soil. The person received it, you know, probably with joy, just like the other um, person did. However, however, as they were going through life, they looked at the things of the world and go, you know what, I want those things. I want the things of the world. And it says, or oh, just the worries that this life has. It's like, you know, how am I going to afford this? Or what's my future going to be like? Or, you know, I just, you know, I worry about my children. You know, I, I, I worry about school. I worry about my future career. All of these worries start choking you where you can't live by faith. Because you're so caught up in worrying about life. And he said the deceitfulness of wealth. This is why I keep saying over and over and over again. Wealth is only temporary. The joy that you experience from wealth is only temporary. It doesn't last. And I know each and every one of us have experienced this. When we got something that we were always looking for. And what? We finally got it. And the happiness and the joy lasts just temporary. And then, well, we need that next thing to make us happy. It chokes us out. But the seed falling on good soil refers to somebody who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what is sold. Once again, this is a person who who receives the word, who understands it, who understands the calling of Christ in their life, who understands that, yes, Jesus promises some wonderful things, but also there's going to be hardships, there's going to be sacrifice, but following Jesus is worth it. Following Jesus is so worth it. I'm willing to go through all of these things in order to follow Jesus. They'll be obedient to Jesus, and because this person does it, they yield this bumper crop of hundred, sixty, or even thirty times. And when you take a look at why does he use hundred and thirty um, and hundred sixty and thirty times? Why can't he just say a bumper crop? Well, because he knows that not all of us, you know, follow the Lord with the same passion. Okay? Some of us might be like the Apostle Paul, man. We're just gung-ho and we give 120%. And some of us, well, we have problems with you know, obedience. But we still you know, follow the Lord. And so what he was saying is that because of our choices, we yield different crops. Because Some of us are going to go through difficult times. Some of us are going to beat up, get beat up by life, right? And we, we're going to go through this. But the beautiful thing here, Jesus is saying not all of us have to yield a bumper crop of 100, right? Because God understands what we go through. He understands that some of us might have easier lives than others. But what he's asking us is to persevere. That's what he's asking for. But he's not holding us accountable to all that same standard of uh, fruitfulness, and so what is the fruitfulness that he's talking about here? And we're going to end this quick, is basically the fruit is the fruit of attitudes. In Galatians five, twenty-two through twenty-three it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so when we take a look at our lives, these are the attitudes. Are you are you becoming more joyful? Are you becoming more loving? Are you becoming more peaceful? Now, when I say, are you becoming more loving? We're not saying, are you becoming more loving in loving those who are like you? Because how did Jesus define love? Jesus defined love as loving those who persecute you, loving those who are your enemy, right? And so, are you becoming more loving to people like that? Do you have more patience with people that just bug you? And these are the fruits of um, the attitude. But then there's fruits of behavior. In in Philippians 1, 9-11, if you could write this down, and the Apostle Paul writes, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ To the glory and praise of God. The fruit of righteousness, which is just right living, godly living. And those should be the fruit. Now in closing here, some of us might be in the withering stage in our life, right? Some of us might be in the withering stage. Some of us might be in the choking stage. Or some of us might be in the dead stage. Either your seed was never germinated or... You've withered or you've choked to death. But the good news is God is able to resurrect a dead plant. But we have to make that choice. We have to make that choice. Because once again, all of those plants died except for one. All of those plants died except for one. And so we have a choice today. You know, are we going to ask God to resurrect our um, life, or are we just going to let it go? And the thing, the and the reason this is so crucial is the choice we make here in life affects our eternity. That you might have started off accepting Jesus, but if you've been choked to death and you're dead, and you go on and stand before Jesus. You know, your um, eternity might be the same as those who didn't know Jesus at all. And this is where I struggle, too, because I came from a belief of where once saved, always saved. And how do you reconcile this? But what I do know is what Jesus said, the truly saved are the ones who persevere through the end. And the truly saved are the ones who um, bear fruit. And so it's something for us to consider. But like I said, the good news is if you're here today and you're struggling, next week come, because Pastor Phil is going to talk about how do you cultivate that soil in order for you to grow fruitfully and spiritually. But the good news is if you're dead, if you're dead, regardless of whatever cause, God could resurrect you if you come to him and ask him. And if you saw the challenge On the uh, board, there. That's my challenge for us because this is so crucial to evaluate your soil right now. Because once again, I was saying all of the three soils produce dead plants. Only one, only one produced a plant that was living. But you know, as we come to um, communion today, this is why we come, we celebrate communion. It's because we celebrate the death. Of Jesus Christ, the blood He shed for us, so that we can live, so we can have eternal life, so we don't have to worry about you know you know life here, as well as you know where we're going to spend eternity. And I want to read from you First uh, Corinthians, starting um, chapter eleven, starting from verse twenty-three. It says, "For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you." that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, as we get ready to um, take communion today, one of the things I want each one of us to meditate um, on um, is, God, where am I with you? Are there certain things in my life that are getting in the way of me having fellowship with you? And when you're ready, you know, come and we'll have servers that will serve you the bread and the juice. The bread represents Christ's body that was broken for you, and the juice represents the new covenant, which is the blood that Christ shed for each one of us so we could have the forgiveness of sins. And once again, we uh, here at Mission Valley observe an open communion.